This is the Wizards Nightshirt Podcast, episode 43. Welcome to the Wizards Nightshirt. This is episode number 43. I'm Will, and here with me are Scott, the Dragon Whisperer. Yes, I am. <laughs> He's whispering. He's literally whispering to the dragons. Can you even hear me? And Rebecca, voice of Minecraft creepers. Oh, no, it's not the creepers. <laughs> it's the zombies. Minecraft zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I practice that impression a lot. At, I, basically, I talk back to them when they're going. Is that how you answer him when you're like, what do you want for dinner? <laughs> At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we were visiting He-Man Masters of the Universe and She-Ra Princess of Power. Today, we're reviewing She-Ra, Season 1, Episode 55, Looky Lends a Hand. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I picked that. I'm so I'm so proud of myself for picking this one. You know what? I you should have called Scott the Dragon Whisperer and me the Horse Hollerer. <laughs> Holler at a horse for us. Let's hear it. Let's Get out of here, horse! <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared. If I was a horse, I'd move. Yeah. Get out by that street, horse! You're not the mayor no more. <laughs> Um, the air date for this episode was November 21st, 1985. I've not been drinking, but you don't know that. It is late. Uh, in this episode, because I know we're dying to know, in this episode, Hordak <laughs> stops time in the Whispering Woods, and Lookie must travel to Eternia so he can enlist the help of He-Man. I mean, you know, usually at this point we talk in the in the show about why we picked this one. I picked it because Lookie is canon. He is real. He is in the world. Wrong. We all have to acknowledge and respect him. Wrong. Yeah. Never. Yeah. I, I thought he was like part of a separate world. He was just always hiding from them. I'm but still not totally clear <laughs> about about his relationship to, to that world. He's just he's just he's like a twiggit or something. Maybe he just lives <laughs> in the woods. Well, he's a magical creature, so I mean, I feel like he's still attached. He, he's like in some sort of liminal plane sort of thing going on. I think mm-hmm. it's weird. That begs the question for me. Like this gets into the territory of like worlds mixing. I mean, we find we find Lookie annoying anyway, and we always complain about him when he shows up. Uh, but just in general, why is it so off-putting when you mix worlds, and why does it work sometimes? Like, why can you mix some toys, and why can you not mix some toys? I, I like. I'm trying to think of like a, a movie or a show or anything where worlds mixed, and I was happy about it. I don't oh, think really? I ever was. Well, okay, t- t- tell me one that you weren't happy about. Just one. In, any anything? Oh my God! Uh, uh, when the Simpsons and the Family Guy did a thing together, that uh-huh. was dreadful. Of course, that's recent. I'm even thinking about like, was it Gremlins Two where Hulk Hogan <laughs> tells you to stop the movie because the Gremlins are doing but bad we to the both movie? Those things. Okay, but I don't like that. I don't want to hear Hulk Hogan talking about the Gremlins. It's <laughs> so upsetting. So that didn't even seem like a stretch to me. I think it was so far off the rails at that point. And why does Hulk Hogan live in a world okay, with gremlins? How do we feel about aliens knowing predators? I'm not 
fine. I, I like that. I, actually, I like that series. It was uh-huh. good. Okay, so you're okay with that. They're all gross. Yeah, it's I'm okay fine. With that. They got a lot in common. I was, I was trying to think of a cartoon that does a crossover. I know they do. I mean, The Simpsons and the Family has closure. I was, I was thinking more like, there has to be like a 90s one, like, I'm sure. Tailspin or one, one of those like I was thinking that too, over. like the duck verses. I, well, they're all in the same duck verse though, so that wasn't too yeah. weird. Some of the newer Marvel stuff where they try to combine like all the worlds into one, and you're trying to like just stop it. Like, <laughs> it, not all the characters need to like combine into one like giant. I mean, I mean that this is this is the age old debate in the comic community of, is whether you uh, acknowledge continuity or not, or let things stand on their own, or is something part of canon or not part of canon, and it does get a little messy when you try to f- fit all that stuff together it does feel kind of like a like a hodgepodge like kids playing with their toys at a certain part definitely the integrity of a world gets compromised somehow but i guess the hope is that the trade-off is it's it's at least a fun experiment i guess i suppose yes I'm fun sure. for who the people that are making it <laughs> or the people that are watching well it. do you remember mixing your toys when you were a kid though that was yeah. fun well, yeah i mean they, and they also actually have now um you can mash the toys uh, you can like pull off their arms and put them on so you can put like hulk's head on like iron man's body and stuff mm-hmm. like that like they have toys like that so it that's just it's i guess as a, as a little kid I, I my son would love it but like to me that doesn't seem like why would i want that. Why would I want that to happen? Well, I, Rebecca, I've heard you talk before about. I think one of the one of the criteria you would have for how you would mix stuff and how you would not mix stuff is like the scale of the toy. The scale has to be appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't have like a Barbie that's way bigger than the other Barbie. Which is why the Jim and the Holograms dolls never took off the way that Hasbro. I think mm-hmm. that was Hasbro. The way that Hasbro wanted to, it's because they couldn't play with Barbie. But, but mm-hmm. you, yeah, but you couldn't. You couldn't pop off Barbie's head and put it on Jim and the holograms, You right? could not. That would look freaky-deaky. Yeah. Barbie's head would look very that small. That is not beautiful, Scott. That is, <laughs> that is not, not beautiful. Not you cannot beautiful. come to our tea that party. That is yeah. not a good look, and that's, that is not like, truly uh, outrageous. Did you, did you ever play the games where you could play, like, as big heads? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, some sports games you could put it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, like, yeah, giant heads. Well, that's it. That's at least consistent with the with <clears> the theme of uh, com- with compromising integrity in, in, the, in the world's. Um, I would say uh, the scale issues I can think of, I think that's why I never played with G.I. Joe. They were just tiny compared to everything else I had. I just didn't see a place for them. Well, you could get a big G.I. Joe. Too. That's true. You get like, And then the they were too size. big, though. They were too big. Yeah. And then we couldn't afford to get the She-Ra toys. Like, we never, we had one doll, exactly, and it, would, it was too small to do anything with it because she couldn't play with Barbies, and we couldn't do She-Ra on her own. So, like, that was just, yeah, it was just kind of sad. But, like, in our, in our, earth skin playing we had like a master universe like the mm-hmm. kafee universe which i have mentioned before that governed all play you know even if you're playing school or like cafe or art gallery it's all it all took place within the larger kafee you played art gallery i did play yeah i told you about we're all entrepreneurial okay. yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah that's right. that's oh right. yeah okay. we, we had events i was thinking i think you had more diners you had a, we did you had have a, a diner we had all we if there was a business you had a chain of diners yeah you you would have seen it on so there. that uh, this is this is a good thing to talk about. So the theme of uh, a lot of Rebecca's uh, play and especially like action figure play would be like uh, entrepreneurial things. Scott, what was the theme of your dudes when you pulled them out? Was there sort of like a 
story or a type of thing your guys were always up to? Like, when you got them out to play, what were your dudes doing? What were they up to? Were they just trying to beat repelling. a bad guy? Yeah, a lot of repelling. <laughs> a lot of repelling. <laughs> a lot of repelling. Yeah, there's, I, I don't know what they were called. I, I, I really have to look it up. Uh, there's, there's a toy that they had, like, um, you could, like, attach it to things, and they had, like, ropes and pulleys and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they actually had, like, hooks for their hands, and they could, like, you know, hook on them, and then you could, like, slide it from, like, the top of a door to a chair. Yeah, or I'm familiar. I know what you're talking about. We'll have to look that up. That's yeah, funny. but I, I would take other guys, like He-Man guys, and, like, hook them <laughs> up there. And like Everybody's repelling. He-Man, yeah. you're not properly equipped. This is going to be pretty dangerous. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> you may not I mean, make it to the sofa. You to his belt or his, like, uh, uh, what is armor plate on his chest. Scott, I feel uncomfortable with this plan. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever get to go zip lining when you were No, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> so <laughs> is that were you were you trying to work through your fears maybe or, or, or it was just yeah. exciting it was titillating that way yeah well i love i could never do it so i love the theme of well, your worlds were it, always but... like it's like environmental challenges mm-hmm. and i would say mine were um i don't want to flatter myself and stay say strategic stuff we'll just say they were orderly and i got get my guys out and i like to put them in um formation and make a good presentation of them i like to just line them line them all up and 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 see them all like uh, it, it, you know, present for parade readiness. They, yeah, they had, they had, uh, they had, yeah. What, what, what is, what's that military terms called? Like the the way that they the formation they, stuff. Yeah, they, they yeah. go on the battlefield or whatever. I, thought was, I don't know. I thought it was called something specific. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I was, I was. <laughs> they're like <laughs> army guys listening. You're like, God, really, guys, come on. <laughs> I was, I was eight. I was not a great commander. <laughs> I, I just know uh, Krang stand, stood in the back and the Israels were in the front. It's fine. They were on the same side. Yeah, it was. It was about aesthetics. We did, we didn't oh, get okay, it. Okay, I had right, lots right, of right, problems right. in my ranks. It was, it was okay, lots of problems. All right, all right. Dazzle camouflage. <laughs> just get out there and show them monsters in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> well, break out the de- the coordinated dance routine if things get hairy. Okay. And if we get embarrassed, we'll just run back to the base. Uh, RoboCop will come out and uh, clean up the situation yeah, for us. My, my pet monster will just like take it all <laughs> I, I, I keep thinking we're going to get out of this segment, but I have to tell you, that was how I play with my pet monsters too. But they like to hang out around the aquarium. I want to impress my fish with my, my pet monsters. Oh, yeah? yeah? Does your fish like them? I don't... I, I didn't... Do they, do they blow more bubbles? Pocket. Monster in my pocket. Yeah, we were... Actually, we were very serious about um, not spooking the fish. We respected the animals. I think it, they were okay with the monsters in my pocket. This is Hornack, and in Act 1, there's an etiquette to transforming. <laughs> we got them now, Chief. The rebels can't take the slaves into the woods without passing us. Okay, well, let's talk about this exciting <laughs> crossover episode. Let's talk more about saltwater tanks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're starting with a uh, direct confrontation between the rebels and Hordak's forces. And uh, on Hordak's side, we have Hordak and uh, Imp. And I don't remember who else because they're the ones that were exciting. And on the <laughs> other side, we've got She-Ra and um, uh, some slaves she's trying to help get through the woods. And Frosta. And Frosta's actually getting some uh, combat experience. Yeah, Frosta's getting it. She's getting it. And Frosta was like... Totally not embarrassing in a way that I didn't expect. Yeah, yeah. Frost has just got good powers. She's got a good power set. Yeah, she's she's formidable. It's it's not even like um it's not even like it's novelty like, powers. It's like hardcore battle powers. Yeah, yeah. Damn. Frost is the one you want to haul out. You know, I don't know why we've been seeing so much of Glimmer. She's like, a first she, stringer she, for sure. She, yeah, she was literally standing in the middle of a field and they were shooting down at her and she's like, ah, 
you know, and she, she got him. I love, she had one line. She says like, this will be the best ice wall yet. And I was like, I'll say it's the first time I've seen your <laughs> out here. <laughs> uh. We've already discussed how Frost's problem is that she just RSVPs to too many things. And so she only shows up occasionally out of guilt. Yeah. She's show, yeah. She's, she's showing up out of guilt these days. I think her ice palace is totally fine. There's like a ski chalet thing and everything. It's like, uh, we got to go help the rebels. It's dirty down there. There they are. Let's see how well they slide. Yeah, I do like that Hordak turns himself into a tank. Yeah, that was a good like, look. That's ridiculous. That was oh, fun. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we can't go without mentioning how um, Hordak was using Imp as a loud horn. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I love Imp. I'm so surprised at myself for loving Imp. Okay, well, so I have this like as a note for a little bit later, but I did sort of pose the question to myself in my notes. Why am I always so charmed by Imp mm-hmm. when he's in an episode? But like Orko, for example, irritates me. Mm-hmm. You know, like like he's got the same function. He's like, you know, like he puts a cutesy face on you know, like a more powerful mm-hmm. entity or whatever. But but he's a bad cutesy though. It is ba- maybe it's because he's bad. Yeah. Well, I, okay. I'm I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to clean this up for us a little bit. I've got a theory that's okay. sort of similar to what you're saying. I think it's because Orko's antics are tedious and something you have to endure to get on with your life. But imps... Did you just say something bad about Sir Orko, your hero? Your hero <laughs> we'll return to that. We'll return to that. I'm, I, 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 so Will just decided he does not like Orko, and we all agree with him. Thanks, Will. I'm glad I'm, you changed your mind on that. I might have really some good. cognitive dissonance well, like, Will has denial. changed his mind, and he says Orko is a no-go. I apologize He has Orko. a t-shirt that says that, and he's wearing it. It says, Orko, no-go. Well, good shirt. But imp... On the other hand, I feel like you can buy them at our store. <laughs> we don't have a store. Well, we will. We will soon. <laughs> I'm going to do it. Selling that shirt. Okay. Return to my theory. Orc, orc. This is this is this is completely academic. So I'm going to recant all criticism of Orco in a little bit. But Orco's antics to Rebecca are tedious. But imps, I think, are uh, they serve a purpose. They're to an end. Did like, you say purpose? A, to it for a pur- purpose. They serve purpose. A purpose. Okay. And the porpoise are the birds of the sea. And that's (laughs) who we serve. We're we're derailing this. (laughs) Okay, I completely agree, though. It it does, like, Imp's badness is always delighting at advancing the cause of badness. Mm -hmm. Whereas Orko's badness... He's moving the story forward with his. Orko's badness is just getting in the way of everybody getting stuff done at the castle. And he's, like, getting in man-at-arms is, like room and getting on and, his nerves and i think also like a like at an elemental level we like to see other people being capable so his badness is showing uh, you know his uh capability at doing something but orcos is showing his well incapability at doing things yeah, so i think there's something there too solid. but well, you, well, you, don't, you don't really see um imp mess up either really True. That much. yeah yeah he he might be like mistaken or fail but it, there's never a disaster or an accident yeah he's he's a capable character yeah he doesn't he doesn't bother he doesn't bother uh hordak too much yeah he's the only person hordak likes <laughs> pretty much he has yeah. so many virtues <laughs> yeah i'm a fan of imp. he's useful he can turn into things like uh, a loud horn for hordak to yell through imp. become a loud horn anything you say boss this is your last chance rebels Turn over the slaves and I will be easy 
on you. You know, what's the etiquette for shape-shifting? Because when he turns into the loud horn, he's basically talking where Imp's butt was like a moment ago. <laughs> and that's fine, because I'm sure when she's shape-shifted, it's no longer butt. However, yeah. <laughs> semicolon uh, butt. Yelling my butt. Where does his butt air go? <laughs> does it go out as he's shape-shifting? I mean, is it like the water cycle where like everything has been pee before, so we just kind of accept that? Like the rain? Everything has been a butt before when you're a shapeshifter. 10 out of 10 Jarvons want to know. Everything's been a butt before. That's a good theory. I never thought about it that way. Ugh. I know. And now we're all horrified. But um, Is that your face or your butt? That <laughs> was my I butt. Think, I think what, as a, what, do you have a problem with that? Because like, they look the same. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think as a transformer, the onus is on you to uh, tell everybody else how to interact with you. Okay. I think that's I think a proper etiquette for yeah. transformers. All right. It's transformers. Well, but transformers. I'm using I'm using common noun transformers. Oh, okay. 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 Right. <laughs> I, was I, I was saying say. I was I was about to, I was about to argue transformers. I was like proper noun transformers. Their butts are in the same place every time, so yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I assume it's, the exhaust it's in the pipe. Exhaust. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would also say uh, transformers usually have their um, robot underpants painted on them too, so you kind of know. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you've got like the, 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 the yeah. safe zone and the no go. <laughs> no go. Oh my god! Don't get in my trunk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheer up, boss. Hey, let's drop somebody down the trap door. You always like that. Oh. <laughs> The supply ship from Hort World has arrived. There's a package for you. So Hordak's plan here um, is to get the time stop to the rebel camp, correct? Yes. Have we talked about the time stop at all? No. Okay, yes, here we go. So they have a device. (laughs) Yeah, well, Hordak is sad because their efforts didn't work. And so to um, cheer him up, does he fetch the element for him or does Hordak just get it because he wants to cheer himself up? No, he ordered it from Amazon Mm -hmm. and he gets a package. Oh, it was a box. It really was. was. Yeah, and uh, is the antenna that brings it in? Yeah, Mantana is in or no, here. No, no, no. It's a, a horde. Uh, what do they call him? Trooper. Horde mm-hmm. trooper brings it in, but he calls Mantana in. Okay, afterwards. yeah. I was gonna say Mantana is around to have it tested on him. That's right. Now we got it. Yeah. Yeah, because he takes a crystal out of the box and puts it in the cube. What is it? No, yeah, cube, it's like uh, a little sphere. It looks like the, like the thing or something. The little torture sphere drone from Star Wars, and he puts. Um, I guess it's just a sphere, and it has a little Hordak label on it, and he uh, puts this very rare element in it, and uh, we learn that this thing can stop time, and they uh, cast it on Mantena right above the trap door, and so he's frozen right above it. Freeze right where you are! There, you see? It works! And so we see that the time stop works by freezing whatever, you know, it's, it's um, pointed at, and apparently it has a pretty large area of effect because Hordak's plan is to get this time stop device into the Whispering Woods and freeze all the rebels so that he can go and, um, you know, I guess kill them all. I don't. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, at least immobilize frozen. them, so when they wake up, everything's hortified. I guess. Yeah, which sounds pretty fun, actually. Honestly. Yeah. They do like, great decor. Yeah, they come back and you're wearing a horde uniform. <laughs> it's better than what most of the villagers have on. I would say it's probably a step up for them. And they have to figure Positive. out how to um, 
get it into the Whispering Woods past the defenses they couldn't, so they think they're going to uh, trick the Rebels into taking the device themselves, which I thought was pretty clever. Yes, yeah, so they go into a market area in a town, and Shadow Weaver disguises herself briefly as a bummer villager with little pigtails. <clears throat> and um, she, like, I thought we were going to have an exchange, exchange where she, like, tries to sell Glimmer, like, like there's a cake in this box, but that didn't, yeah. <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> she just sneaks it out of the wagon. It was, you know, no I fuss, almost no think they, I really don't they, like cake. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this uh, again. They're donuts. <laughs> uh, those are fattening. Uh, uh, cookies. Just, just buy it. Just buy it. I, I thought I actually uh, thought they were gonna have some interaction. I bet they cut that for time. I bet Probably they planned so, on it. They had a very brief um, scene earlier where they were at the camp, and I loved how when Shira showed up at the camp with uh, Frosta, they were all about their business, and it was very clear that Frost has become the new like A plus first string friend, and Glimmer's been demoted as like the old friend. And she gets there, and she's like, "Yeah, me and Frost are gonna take care of some uh, Rebel command business." And uh, Glimmer, can you go to the market and pick up? some groceries and crap. Oh, yeah. She's like been demoted to coffee intern. Yeah. You can see why she has these insecurities. She's got like a list of just like, okay, and then I want a venti mocha and then Bo wants a, and then like Glimmer's got to go do that. That's so terrible. <laughs> Poor Glimmer. What was I, the group from the Mean Girls, the Plastics? Like she's no longer a member of the Plastics anymore. Yeah. You can't sit with us. <laughs> I've got a lot more mouths to feed. I better go into town for some more supplies. Uh, I just, I just want to say that I like uh, if you uh, like say you're in a market somewhere and you see a hooded woman with like glowing eyes, you're just like, man, it's normal. Yeah, <laughs> she's probably not evil. And then a floating imp next to her, and you're like, nah, he's just, that's fine. At least you'd stay away. Yeah. Um, I also love the tension between Imp and Shadow Weaver. Yeah, that was and, fun. And how annoying he's being to her. And she's getting really like, you know, she, you never see her ruffled. And she gets really ruffled. And I thought that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. They're both very likable. I like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I like that. You toad! I'll show you who fails! You'd better not. I'll tell Hordak on you. Not if I get you fast! <laughs> Yeah, so I I I just gotta walk us through this next this next okay. part here because it's it's horrifying for several reasons. Okay, so the time stop basically worked like a bomb. So Glimmer opens yeah, this box. It did, it was a lot like that. She, you know, she opens the box and she's like, wait, this is a horror device, and she's like right in the midst of the process of trying to like destroy it when it works and it freezes everyone in place. But of course, this is like really abrupt, and I'm you know, like in you can't help but think like you know, I'm sitting here thinking about how it's like, you know, something like an IED. And um, you think about like, oh my God, the trauma of warfare and the civilian pain uh-huh. it inflicts. And like, I'm sitting here, that's where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. And I'm being horrified. Yeah, it was about, a lot like that. It was yeah, very disturbing seeing her unloaded and off the And it was upsetting. Yeah. Like, you know, like you're, like, you're kind of upset for her. And then you're like, oh no. Like, and, and it worked exactly as planned. And uh-huh. you see it work. And then all of a sudden, smash cut to everybody's being frozen. And then here's Lucky living his dumb <laughs> life, did not get frozen. And now suddenly everyone's out of play and Lucky is all that's left. And that is the world that we don't want to live in. Oh, another beautiful day. Now let's see, where shall I hide today? 
Oh, look below. It, uh, here's where we start to see, they see those worlds colliding. It starts to be uh, a, a little disturbing. I mean, also, when you're putting a story together, I think it's really risky to have a, a long period of time where you are just have one character alone by themselves. Oh, it was... It was it's, it's very tough to agony. do that and make it interesting, like Castaway or 127 Hours or definitely The Odd Men Out. Yes, Loki in 127 Hours. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if they eat his arm or something. Like yeah. That. Well, <laughs> cut it off. Oh, that's did. Castaway. Castaway and 127 hours put together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, no more repelling after that, huh, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> no. Gee, it's awfully quiet around here. What's going on? Nothing's moving in these woods but me. Not even these leaves. I don't like this. I better see if the door and the others are all right. So it was a risky premise um, to start with. Yes, and then like it was agony during those moments where well, Loki's like going up to everybody and going. Eh. I well, I, th- I I think they thought that it's like well everyone likes Loki. At the end, you know, all the kids like Loki. I mean, we we did some focus groups and, and Loki <laughs> scored really high. It's because Loki scored really high because you only see him for two seconds in the episode. Well, there there was um you know I, I have to. To admit, there is a little bit of like a, a curiosity factor that they bought to sort of see him move around and do stuff. It's like, oh, that's kind of weird. I wonder how they'll pull it off. But the novelty does does wear pretty thin pretty it fast. It wears off really quickly. And especially when you see that Loki is very childish yeah. and, and, and incapable. And I'm like, oh, like, oh, really? We've got to deal with this the whole episode? And then... Um, who appears to interact with Loki, but Light Hope. Yeah. So it's my two least favorite She-Ra characters <laughs> in a scene together, and you're like, ugh. You know how sometimes, like, this is something that we talk about, there are shows or movies that are so enjoyable because it gets two actors together in a scene, and mm-hmm. you just love both of them, and you love how they play off each well, other. Well, I'm thinking about, like, Hell on Wheels and uh, with uh, the Swede and Anson Mount. Oh, oh my yeah. lord. They're so great together. And so, and I've been watching The Sopranos because I never did before because, you know, like, whatever. Long TV. I've been busy, okay? <laughs> and, um, you know, whenever you see James Gandolfini and, like, um, Edie Falco in a scene together. Mm-hmm. It's you always enjoy them together. Or like when you see uh, Gandolfini and um, Steve Van Zant. Oh yeah. my God, Steve Van Zant, incredible! Zant's a lot of presence. Weirdly. I will sit there and just you know like you love like two actors that you really like come on a scene and interact with each other, and you're so excited. And this is like the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> If that had an opposite, it would be Lookie and Light Hope, a pair up I did not ask for. And also, we're critiquing like um, just like screenplay writing and stuff. Was it David Mamet who has that rule that he said like if the characters, if the characters in the scene are talking about somebody else who isn't in the scene, then your scene sucks. <laughs> and so, and so like immediately we're left alone with a character. It's Lookie, and they're talking about somebody else. I'm like, whatever. Poochie's story... not on the screen. Everyone should be asking, where's Poochie? Yeah. So so it's weird. So he summons um, Lookie to the Crystal Palace, um, which, um, you know, everybody else has to solve troll riddles to get to. Right. And Light Hope is such a gossip and a busybody that like four seconds after Lookie gets there, he's like, okay, Lookie, Adora Here's is she Here's the deal. Here's- Adora is she Lookie. <laughs> and Prince Adam is He-Man. And now, and now, you know and now we have to change the theme song. Seriously. Why does Lookie get to know the secret that Tila can't know? I am mad. I was shocked that he blew her cover and then I could not believe it when he blabbed about He-Man like like She-Ra 
okay, well, that's between him and Shira. But He-Man's secret was not his to share. He's not in charge of the power of Castle Grayskull. That's just He's some just information he has. He's just up there blinking on top of Skydancer Mountain, getting bored and getting mean, and then wanting to just say all the gossip to each other. And the only reason everyone doesn't know the secret is because Light Hope is literally confined to the top of a mountain. Adora is Shira. What? Adora is Shira? So anyway, Light Hope um, decides <gasps> he's going to send um, Looky to Eternia uh, to find He-Man, just somewhere in Eternia. Yeah, like, go get He-Man. Also, because apparently Light Hope was, like, being affected by the spell, too. Yeah, he just talked kind of slow. But somehow the spell moved slower going... Whatever. So he transports uh, Looky, and Looky lands on top of Skeletor in Snake Mountain, which is a funny idea, but I kind of resent resent them using Skeletor lightly. <laughs> True, yeah. I um, like that. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, it's a funny idea. And then yeah. he gets, yeah. uh, Skeletor gets his head stuck in there. And, yeah, it was just... And then he thought it was Beastman. Well, first I... I'll get him, Skeletor. He keeps calling. He keeps uh, telling uh, Beast Man that you need to get your beastie under control. He thinks Lookie is is like oh, uh, yeah. under the thrall of Beast Man, which was a, which was a pretty funny idea. <laughs> yeah. So because um, Lookie has all the dirt on all the superheroes around here, he overhears uh, Skeletor's plan to uh, open this one-time portal into Prince Adam's bedroom, and Lookie knows that's Which, that's He-Man. not creepy at all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and so Lookie runs through it real quick, so Skeletor uh, can't get in there, which was pretty funny. That is pretty funny, and so... In the bright spot in this episode, if we can say that there are any, and this this is the thing that gives me any goodwill with this episode, is that when we uh, arrive in Prince Adam's bedroom and there is commotion caused by Lookie in this portal, um, we get to see da 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 Orko come in wearing an actual wizard's nightshirt. Yeah, I noticed that see? too. <laughs> so everything about this podcast unfortunately comes home in the worst episode of any of the shows. <laughs> However... Technically, I would consider what Orko always wears a wizard's nightshirt. Okay, but, but you This see, is really a nightshirt. This shirt. is his nightshirt. He's got a little nightgown, yeah, and well, it's adorable. It's a pink. It was really cute. It was and what, funny. What is with all the shadows? Oh, yeah. This was bizarre. Yeah, they like they, they made it look like... I mean, I, I, I kind of get what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it look like night, but... I mean, it made it's it like look super like, shadow. It made it look like more like gritty realistic it almost looked like um that cartoon heavy metal or something like oh, okay that. yeah it yeah. looked really bizarre um and so the portal's opening in there i've got all this weird cell shading and um uh looky just pops out and scares cringer half to death <laughs> and uh, um and he just starts like jab jabbering at uh prince adam about how you got to come with me and Cringer forgot his voice. Whoever does Cringer's <laughs> voice totally got weird. It, it was a little strange. I it, was really that. it was really <laughs> hard. He was, was sleepy. Leave him alone. Portal. And what's that coming out of it? This is He-Man, and I didn't get the joke at the end of Act Three. And then I stepped out of the portal into Prince Adam's room. Excuse me, but, but, but if we go to Etheria, won't the machine freeze us, too? Yes, and why weren't you frozen? Loki is a creature of magic like you, Orko. 
The whole device has no effect on either of you. And then they're like, all, then they all meet out in the hallway with the sorceress to sort of make a game plan. And I wanted at least the sorceress to be like, um, it appears someone told you our secret. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are we okay with him knowing? They're just thinking, like, oh, well, okay. I guess well, I'm well, telling people. He probably won't be in any other episodes. Don't worry. <laughs> so they, he, he has no way of telling We'll have to else. do something about Loki. <laughs> <laughs> He won't be giving the morals anymore. Uh, you won't find him again. At least um, Sorceress gives us an explanation for why the uh, Time Stopper didn't affect Lucky. He's a creature of magic, like you, Orko. Yeah. Except Really? That was it? Yeah. He's a creature of magic. No, so, that, that so, was basically yeah, okay. all. So three-fourths episode. This is where Scott checked out. Yeah. And then... Um, That's about where I checked out. And she out tells... Uh, Prince, I, just, I just missed that one part. Yeah. She tells uh, Prince Adam that... Um, his and uh, She-Ra's swords, because they're magical, will uh, protect them from the uh, effects of the uh, time magic. Yeah, as long as she's, as long as you're touching it. So mm-hmm. apparently, Adora was not touching her sword at well, the time. Oh yeah, Adora. Yeah, okay, okay. She could be Adora and not be affected because she was holding her sword. If she would have been touching, but it was it, in her scabbard on her back okay. or yeah. something. I think that's the technicality. Although I was a little. Mm, I don't know about all that, but, you know. So He-Man pops through a portal to Etheria, and uh, he wakes Adora up by giving her her power sword. And uh, then they do... I feel it, like they were going to kiss there, and I was like... It was a little weird. I, I thought that, too. It made me th- at least think about it. Every time, their embrace is always a lover's embrace, and I will never buy that they're brother and sister, because that's just weird. That's just not... They Clearly, not... They, they thought they would be romantic when it started. It makes more sense. I would rather It would be, be a better story. I would rather they be boyfriend and girlfriend. Cause, yeah, because it's like they're, you know, those... Uh, Star-crossed lovers or whatever, they can't ever be together exactly. until their missions are complete. Right. Yeah. That's and a they better have to, story. they have to dominate in their own realms, and they can only occasionally see each other. That, That's a beautiful story. <laughs> if they would they do, if they ever get a franchise off the ground again, I, I hope that's the direction they take instead. Seriously. That'd be really cool. Uh, I think people would complain too much. But about, for changing? Yeah, about changing that, that big. Because that's a pretty big change. Whatever you do, I, I don't think you'll be able to please everybody. Well, but. I know. But I'm just saying, like, that, then they'll be like, well, that's incest, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, they're not brother and sister mm-hmm. in this in this, in this this version. Even if they turn to the camera, break the fourth wall, and say, since we're not brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, or, they, or they could find out that they're not brother and sister. <laughs> like Star Wars. Yeah. Or the other way around in Star Wars. <laughs> <The other laughs> That's getting very VC Andrews. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure about that. I had a note here, uh, some weird editing after he wakes them up and they agree to, you know, work on their mission together. I've never seen this before, but they do a um, horizontal screen wipe like um, in, in Star Wars. And I thought it was so weird. You never see that transition with them. But um, they do that and they... um. Cut to um, She-Ra and He-Man finding the device. She-Ra, He-Man, this is the machine I told you about. Yeah, and then they whoop the device. <laughs> yeah. Basically. They chain it up. Yeah, because uh, she, uh, she the sword to chain. Sword mm-hmm. to and chain. And then uh, they drag it out and then it starts shaking the I, whole world. And they shouldn't be able to move it because Orko said something about how, you know, you can't change time or something but they're so strong they did and the whole world starts shaking which i thought was kind of cool at yeah. least you would you think that they might they might have more more uh be more conscious of that like ripping a hole in space time <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. using their maybe muscles not. they're not thinking yeah maybe Lucky's just like do it they <laughs> <laughs> are like are you sure he's like yes so she kicks the device over to the horde base 
go back where you belong. And Mantena tries to fix it, but ends up messing up time. Yeah. And what was, how did it mess it up? That stinger was just weird. It like slowed it down or something, and the Hordak was like, I'll get you, Mantena. I think the joke was supposed to be that the robots, the Horde robots had just cleaned up the mess that it had caused. Oh. And so Mantena messed with the device, and it made time go backwards enough to where the mess was going to be there again. But they I didn't see. get to show that, and so it didn't really land. Yeah, that's a, kind of an okay joke, but you're right. It was, it was weird. confusing the way they animated it. Yeah, yeah. no, it was weird because they couldn't show the... I, they, I don't know. I don't. I thought that was odd. In, in those precious seconds that they used on that stinger with Mantana, I think they could have had uh, the exchange between Shadow Weaver and Glimmer about the different cakes she was offering. I would have rather have seen that. <laughs> we, you know, before before we get to to the moral, I, it there, should be like Cake Boss. There was one more issue. Let's eat some cake. <laughs> there was one more issue about this that I want wanted to talk about. We're t- touching on a little bit, but um, why isn't Lucky? cute like we talked about who was annoying and who wasn't but you know when you you, disney has like the guide for how you draw something cute why when you look at looky do you not want a stuffed animal of him what what is it about him that doesn't lucky want to hug him hmm Hmm. I'm wondering, I'm trying to be honest with myself about whether I would have found Lucky appealing as a child. And I don't believe that I would have because mm-hmm. even as a child, I feel that childish things did not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think it's like we were saying before in, in a previous episode, you really, oh, it was the Christmas episode. We were talking about how they thought that you were supposed to identify with the children yeah. and, and, and find children appealing on the screen. But in real life, you know, even as a child, you look at the adults as aspirational figures. Uh-huh. And so I, I feel like Lookie is annoying because it's like a little, like a it's little like a brother. Yeah. yeah, it's like a like irritating little brother. Little that's, brother that's is that's like, good, uh, I'm Lookie. Like, I don't want to hug you, Lookie. I want to smack your stupid face because you're like a little brother and like, stop messing with us and you can't play with us looky i don't think i would have been like i would have liked cowl i think Mm -hmm. but it's a totally different thing because cowl has dignity and is not like an annoying little brother i was gonna say something uh similar i i feel like the thing that would appeal to me is they have to be more like animal like like he's too much like another person he is like it's a little like, boy yeah with his little overalls yeah and like i think the kids would want to hug like a puppy or or an animal or something more than they would just a peer of theirs right because what? he's dressed like a kid too and you know that's why that he has a tail he has he a tail, but he also has overalls and he talks and moves like a, another kid he really like his little yeah. legs are little kid legs yeah no i i, I mean i get what you're saying he's i may, maybe it's his skin maybe what if he was blue then he would be more like a creature because he, he does have mm-hmm. his or any his, other color besides flesh. Yeah, he, he is flesh tone, you yeah. know, like it, it he does look like he could be a little dude. Like a yeah, like a twiggit almost. I never understood the appeal of the my buddy dolls. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, did you, you no, did not I didn't. have, yeah. No. And, and of course, cause why would you want a my buddy doll? Cause you're like, why would I want to play with like, like, am I the saddest kid, kid in the sister. world? Kid sister, <laughs> wherever I go, he goes. Kid sister and me. Yeah, I wouldn't want either of those. Yeah, see, and I, I never got the appeal of that either. And of course, I, we all had siblings, so you know, we weren't just like lonely and needed a child standing, <laughs> I suppose, for like friends. Here, um, but here, here's a perfect example that ties all the conversations we've had about this together. It ties uh, worlds uh, colliding and things that aren't cute and the kid thing. It's the same, this is all the same reason we hate it when 
dogs and animals get real human voices and people think that's cute. Oh, I hate like, that. Like puppies should not have little boy voices. No. Dogs sound like dogs. Like, what are you doing? They don't sound like, let's go outside and play, daddy. That's weird. Like yeah, we don't like puppies having little like boy that. voices. They have little, they have dog voices. That's true. That's the, that's the rule. All dogs have dog voices. So you, you, you want every every dog to have a grizzled dog voice. <laughs> it has to have an appropriate dog <laughs> an voice. An animal okay, a voice. Right. It has to be coming from an animal brain that's like completely sincere and simple and and doesn't sound like a toddler. Yeah. Oh, I hate I hate dogs that sound like little boys. Yeah. <laughs> so it just can't be high pitched pretty much, right? I guess it could be. It's more the things they're saying. But it's got to have, like, the character has to be on point. So so you're saying, like, a chihuahua can have a higher voice. Yeah. Yeah. smaller. If he's he's expressing dog sentiments. Mm. Yes, but he must be expressing dog sentiments. It's not just a boy. Yeah, it's not a boy who got transformed into a dog. Can you give me an inappropriate, inappropriate chihuahua voice? I don't know. I can just keep naming dogs. I only know my own dog because I have a voice for my dog. And it's like this. You know, like... He's, he's from the country, and he just wants treats. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't talk like a little boy. Well, what are y'all doing over there? And, and quit running that vacuum cleaner. It's gonna kill me. And, and Et cetera. And, and uh, by contrast, we would not want a dog that's like a little boy that's like, like, come on, mama, let's go to the park. Yeah. That would be disturbing. We don't like that. <laughs> we don't like that. Okay. <laughs> and I'm on the fence about the dog having teeth in that... uh commercial for the the dental chew yeah have, 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 have you seen that have you seen that when they put like human teeth on the animals? i don't yeah. like that <laughs> it's creepy it's creepy. <laughs> it's creepy okay yeah. so creatures are creatures creatures are not uh children that got transformed into creatures Correct. i think so i are starting so to dissect movie, while he's upset what if there's a movie like honey i shrunk the kids but they took kids and they change them into animals. I would hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was just making it's sure. It's an interesting just pr- proposition, sure. but I don't find it cute. <gasps> okay, okay. Uh, so, so, they, but they, you would be okay with them having kid voices because they were a kid before. I mean, it's it holds up in the story, but they're not going to convince me it's cute. Okay, it's a right. different thing. It's a all different right. concept. But if it's just a regular dog, then you want it to have a dog voice. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grizzled. <laughs> like John's, like uh, John C. Riley would probably do a good dog for us. Oh, yeah. He yeah. would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wookie gives his own moral. Hi, today I know you found me because I was part of the story. He says... Size doesn't matter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, size doesn't matter, oh, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, was, I took, your, took your glory. I was so <laughs> irritated just by, when he says, my magic is just for hiding. It's like, what the hell kind of magic is that? That's just garbage. Well, thanks for taking up our episode. <laughs> right. That's garbage <laughs> magic, Loki. Don't eat what? That's not even a good trick. That's terrible. That's a pretty good trick. If you're always prey. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Maybe Loki comes from, you know, like a the bunny rabbit kingdom. He's the last of his kind, and that's why he. Has well, what to if what if Lookies are like delicacy for Twiggets or something? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that episode. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's formalize our sentiments here. Can we can we do uh, uh can we can we do ratings to make it official? I feel like I've been going first too much. Scott, why don't you why don't you get oh, get us first? I gotta go first. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about how much you love Loki first. I didn't mind this episode that much. Mm-hmm. So my rating would be, uh, I think, uh, 3.3, yeah, breaking the fourth walls. Okay. <laughs> Out of five. I'm not too far off from you, actually. I think you probably would have expected me to rate this lower just because the whole everything of it. But I said three. 
it gets some points because of Orko's nightgown. I'm I'm gonna be 100 <laughs> honest about that. Orko's nightgown gave this whole this episode three three whole fourth walls. Yeah, Crook, Crook is, is a good crossover episode too. I did enjoy like the, the Eternia side of it. Yeah, there was some there was some good concepts and um all the stuff with uh, Hordak and Imp and even the event invention and the time stopping thing was pre- was pretty cool. I I wanted to see a little more discussion about the secret identities being blown and what a uh, important secret this was. But, you know, it just sort of flew in the face of uh, the promise made in the introduction for both the episodes. And I also feel like this is just sort of a fly-by-night script from this writer that we hardly ever see, so he doesn't even care about the integrity of it. But if you're judging it on its own out of the context of everything else, eh, yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, 3.2 fourth wall breakings. That's our show for today. Next week, we'll review Season 2, Episode 73 of He-Man, Origin of the Sorceress. Origin of the Sorceress. She probably found some mutagen and learned ninjutsu from a sewer rat. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have any questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. And we will, we will probably talk about it. We had not done an email in a while. So if you, if you have anything you want to talk about, if you have theories, opinions. If you just want to write us and tell us a story about anything. Yeah. I, yeah. If you have a monologue, we if, might perform it. If you had a My Buddy doll and you cherished it and then you don't appreciate us besmirching My Buddy dolls, I'd like to hear about If you that. love that weird uh, Mimi science show Rebecca talked about an episode ago we want to hear about that yeah, send us an email we're lonely give us an email we, we like we want, we've seen an email we haven't done one in a while lonely uh, and if you didn't know you can follow us on Facebook Twitter or Instagram and subscribe to our show on iTunes we want to thank you for listening and please remember uh, that uh, Prince Adam is He-Man and uh, Adora is She-Ra because apparently it's not a big deal to tell people that anymore it's no longer <laughs> Except for Tila and Bo. of your beasties, eh? Yo! Oh, where was I?